amazing what can be accomplished in one hour. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, we're pretty much at the end of the 21-day fast. Some people are ending it today. Some uh, may uh, end it on Monday. Some are ending it tomorrow. Some are continuing on uh, into the great beyond, as Star Trek would say. And so, because uh, this is just us um, establishing some things. And so uh, we thank God for what has started. You know, this, this time of fasting is not something that's ending. It's something that has opened up. And, uh, and I just want to share with you a couple of things, you know, as we kind of bring this to a close. I just want to share a couple of things to you because the fast has kind of done a, done, done a couple of things in this regards. And so I have a graphic for you. Uh, you're welcome to uh, take a picture of it if you like. Uh, we're working on great and many things. We had a meeting with our uh, uh, media and digital team this morning, and so they are working on some phenomenal things for our website and the future of the ministry and us going into the community online and into the digital world. So there are more and more in the future, everything that we have, our graphics, our teachings, our everything, there'll be a different format that will allow you to get it all and interact with it. You know, but, you know, I wrote this down because I figured that some of you may want to uh, see it um, that is dominion is impossible without power you cannot rule in the midst of your enemies without power the only language the enemy respects is power because power is the language of dominion your dominion will remain theoretical until you are empowered so while Psalm 66 3 says in King James Version Say unto God, how terrible are your works. Through the greatness of your power shall your enemies submit themselves unto you. I declare that your enemies will submit themselves to you this year. Okay, but through the greatness of your power shall your enemies submit themselves unto you. In Luke ten nineteen, it says, Behold, I give unto you power. To tread on serpents and scorpions, which are animals that are used to represent the demonic kingdom. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay, And sometimes the Lord will allow you, as Lori said, the Lord will allow you to go into a storm to prove that he couldn't hurt you. These things must be proved it's theoretical until you get into the situation and then the word comes to pass. So we have to put you in the midst of something that looks like you're getting ready to die. And then when we rescue you, you will then understand that nothing has power over you. But in order to do that, you have to be empowered. And even Jesus recognized that our enemy has power. But the power that he gave us overrides his power. The power that he gave us makes it seem like the enemy has no power. And when you become empowered, now that you have overpowered the enemy, he then switches over to devices. That's why the Bible says, don't be ignorant of his devices. You've heard me say that. The enemy has no power over you. He has devices over you. And when it comes to empowerment, you have no choice. You either, you either become empowered or you die. Because the Bible makes it clear that, that, that the, the devil is wicked. And when it comes to wicked men... Um, your complaining about their wickedness only empowers them to bring about more pain. 
uh, when you cry and you moan and you complain, that's what the wicked get. That's their joy. That's their enjoyment. So your complaining about your lot in life actually increases the enemy's power over you because wicked men enjoy pain. And so you must become uh, empowered in order to destroy these things. And so, you know, um, you know, during this fast, uh, there are many testimonies and we're going to be adding those over the next few weeks. We have testimonies, testimonies. A lot of the testimonies will be put up on uh, commercials and television and online and different things like that. We're working on that now to be able to record these things. We're going to start with uh, probably the fish story. I'm going to share the fish story. I know what I'm talking about. That might actually go viral because that story is crazy. But, but there are three things that have come out in a general sense when it comes to this fast. Number one, that book that I told you about, you all can put that on the screen for me. Um, give me a thumbs up when they put it on the screen because I may not have told them to have it ready for the beginning. But they will put it up uh, when, they are, uh, when they find it. And um, so... Uh, this book, uh, The Power of the Number Three, how many of that has been a blessing to you? We had a testimony in regards to that. And then the Lord finally concluded what I suspected all along. What? Why are they laughing? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm s that sounds like, ladies, that sounds like a husband, doesn't it? <laughs> Tell me when it happens. And you tell them it happens. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, that was funny. So, and then, uh, um, this, is, uh, this is not me micro-analyzing what we do as a church and others. This is the Lord. Uh, in order for you to be, in order for you to walk in full power, things must be exact. Um, the, if, if there's one thing off in a computer, the whole thing shuts down. There's one thing off with your engine. Gentlemen, some of you know, we're talking about, we're talking about a timing belt. That thing, I remember my dad adjusting the timing belt on his engine. He had some light that was a timing light, and that thing has to be exact, or the whole engine becomes destroyed. And so, so one of the things, I'm just going to bring out a couple of things, is that um, whereas the Lord allows us to do certain things, the Lord has made it clear that what we call the Daniel fast is not a fast at all. And so I just want to, uh, because when you, when you start fasting, some of the revelations that come will then show you how to fast more properly as you do it in the future. Okay. And so, and so just for a second, I have five scriptures. We're just going to read them. Um, I want to just uh, show you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry, I don't know what that was. Hmm. I apologize, that was, I don't know what that was. Uh, I just want to look at the subject of uh, mourning. Uh, not, not the subject, but I just want to show you scriptures. Listen, listen to the scriptures because it ties into a point. Genesis 27, 41. From that time on, Esau hated Jacob because their father had given Jacob the blessing and Esau began to scheme. I will soon be mourning my father's death. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Genesis 50, 1 through 3. Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. 
Then Joseph told the physicians who served him to embalm his father's body. So Jacob was embalmed, and the embalming process took the usual 40 days. And the Egyptians mourned his death for 70 days. Just want to show you a few scriptures. There's a, something that they did back in biblical days called mourning. They still do this over in the Middle East and in Africa. They have a season of mourning. This one was for 70 days. Deuteronomy 34, 8. The people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. So you see now that this is a custom for you to have a season of mourning. Y'all follow me so far. Jeremiah 9, 17 through 21. This is what the Lord says in heaven's armies to heavens uh, from the Lord who says, let me back up. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Now you're getting ready to read the description. They, because there were ceremonies and seasons of mornings, they actually had women that that's what their calling was. They were professional mourners. They would come to a funeral and they would wail. Okay. And so God says, consider all of this and call for the mourners. Send for the women who mourn at funerals. Quick, begin your weeping. Let the tears flow from your eyes. Hear the people of Jerusalem crying in despair. We are ruined. We are completely humiliated. We must leave our land because our homes have been torn down. Listen, you women, to the words of the Lord. Open your ears to what he has to say. Teach your daughters to wail. Teach one another how to lament. Lament means to cry and wail. For death has crept in through our windows and has entered our mansions. It has killed off the flower of our youth. Children no longer play in the streets and young men no longer gather in the squares. So you see this mourning principle where people would mourn because the society had went into a famine. People would mourn because bad things had happened. People would mourn because someone had died. Matthew 2.18 is the last one. It says a cry was heard in Ramah. Weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are dead. This particular scenario was when that king, um, he told the wise men, he said, uh, look, you know, what, what you doing? They said, we're looking for this new king that was born. And the king was threatened by this. What you mean a new king that was born? He said, go locate where he is so I can come and worship with him. And the Lord warned the wise men in a dream. Don't go back and tell that king a thing. Go back home another way. And it says that when the king found out that he had been tricked, apparently two years had went by, and he sent out a decree to kill every child that was two years of age and under. And so that king sent out the decree. That was the enemy trying to snuff Jesus out. He said, kill everybody two years and under just to get to that one king. Okay. And so, so you see this principle of mourning. Okay. So now let's read Daniel chapter 10. And we'll see that David was not fasting. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks, not fasting, mourning. All that time I had eaten no rich food. This is the reason why what we have called a fast was the only fast in the Bible where a man kept eating because it wasn't a fast. He was in a season of mourning. I told y'all we going someplace, y'all. But yeah. 
all that time I ate no rich food. No meat or wine crossed my lips because in those days meat and wine were the top level foods. And I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. When you go into mourning, when you study all of the scriptures, they, they, they just went dry. You know what I'm saying? And my, my wife brought something out to me last night. She said, think about how when you're sad, you don't want to eat. You're, you're not refusing to eat on purpose. You don't feel like eating because of how you feel. <clears throat> on April 23rd, I was standing on the bank of the Great Tigris River. I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. His eyes flashed like torches. His arms and feet shined like polished bronze. And his feet roared like, I'm sorry, his voice roared like the vast multitude of people. This was a warfare angel that came to this man in a vision. Let's drop down and see what the angel said in verse 12. Daniel 10, 12. Then the angel said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your request has been heard in heaven and I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Hey. How many of you have gotten the answer to prayer without fasting? Some of you have had visionary and dream experiences without fasting. Okay? Same thing that happened here. It just so happened that the vision that this angel appeared to him. And how many of you, watch this, how many of you have felt bad and then asked God a question? That's the scenario here. So what's amazing to me is how everybody talks about Daniel chapter 10 and nobody ever talks about Daniel chapter 9. So let's look at Daniel chapter 9 and see how he actually did a fast. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord. I wasn't in mourning. And I pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant. Keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commandments. Whenever you go into prayer, particularly for a season, a length of time in prayer, start out with worship and praise, telling God how good he is. Okay, then you start laying out your requests. Then you confess your sins. Lord, show me my shortcomings. The entire chapter is the prayer that he's praying that day. Then in verse 20, let's see what happens. He said, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. And watch this. He says the same thing as the other angel. The moment you begin praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. So in Daniel chapter 9, it says that he was fasting with prayer and the angel showed up that day. Daniel chapter 10, he wasn't fasting. He was mourning and it took the angel 21 days to show up. Both angels said the exact same thing. Dude, we heard you the first time. 
but when you were in mourning, it took longer versus when you were in fast and I was able to get through immediately. See the difference? So, so the enemy has done a masterful job of sending the church into what we call a 21-day fast when actually in reality how the kingdom sees is you're looking for the cheapest way to do a fast so that you can keep on eating. So she said, oh, Lord, forgive me. Everybody stretch your hands and get that new hairstyle anointing from Lisa. She, that's a good look on her, man. I was sitting there and worshiping and in my peripheral vision. I was just like, it's our first time visitor next to me, and I don't want to give my attention. I was like, oh, that's Lisa. A sharp new hairstyle. Okay. <clears throat> so y'all see the difference. And so now this will help you understand why there is no fast in the Bible where people kept eating. Because the definition of a fast is to stop eating. Now, if you want to be technical, then call it a partial fast. A partial fast is not a full fast. Okay. So every example of fasting in the Bible, they let go of food and sometimes they let go of water. And y'all remember that one king, he even made the animals fast and go into sackcloth and ashes. How many know you serious when you put the puppies, no dog food today. <laughs> we need to see. Look, I got three examples of scripture where God spoke to an animal. So if you got a word, you need to buy wild wolf wolf something. That king was serious. And the Lord answered that day. And so I'm not and, and 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 there will be a couple of reasons why we may still do a 21 day season of fasting and prayer in the beginning. But certain other benefits also I may mention at the end. But but God, God said, I move with speed. So in order to get him to move with speed, we have to make sure that we put ourselves in a position where we create the highway for speed. See, and so sometimes the things that the body of Christ is doing, we made a road that got a bunch of bumps in there that makes it difficult for God to come down that road. Okay. So that was one of the things that we realized. Second thing was, was the example of three. And this ties in with this. And most of you were here Wednesday and you've heard the teaching by now. But for those that don't, we, the Lord, one of the things the Lord revealed to me is I heard Bishop Oedipo talking about that. He said, it don't take, he said, it shouldn't take longer than three days for you to get no answer. Okay. Now, there may be things that take longer because God has to give you one piece, one piece, one piece, you know. And so when they do the 21 day fast, it's it's th um, um, every three days is the whole 21 day fast is no food. So they just pick 21 days and they call it a 21 day fast. But every three days they do no food for the entire thing is no food. But for every three day increment, they only focus on one question. So, Lord, this is our question for this three days. And they only focus on that. Nothing else. No prayer request. No intercession. Lord, I'm focusing only only this one prayer request. And because they're so ingrained, whenever you do that, get books on that topic, get the word on that topic, and keep in God's face and thank him for the answer. And you create such a frequency that they give you an answer within three days. So then when they get that, they then move to the next three days. Then they move to the next three days. And you end up getting all of those answers. Okay. So we just, oh, y'all, see, we go from glory to glory. How many know we going, we going, we going. So let's just look at the power of three just in two passages, Mark 9, 2 through 5. After six days, Jesus takes with him Peter, James, and John. Well, let's start again. I'm sorry. I'm moving a little too fast. After six days, which is two times three, Jesus taketh with him Peter, James, and John, only three disciples. 
leadeth him up into a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. There appeared unto them Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Three. Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elias. So he had this passage here where it says after six days, which is two times three, three of the disciples are on a mountain witnessing the only three people in the Bible that did a 40 day fast. The only three individuals, three that did a 40 day fast in the Bible were Jesus, Elijah and Moses. Nobody else in the Bible did a three or 40 day fast. So you got three disciples. Why did Jesus only pick three? He had 12. You got three disciples watching the only three men in the Bible that did a 40 day fast have a conversation and then they come back and they build three tabernacles. And then there's a deeper level here, which I'll go back to the beginning. I'll remember I told you that the scriptures are seven, seven layers deep. So you have the story, which is the first level. Then you have um, the experience, which is the second level. Then you have what I just gave you, which is the third. This is probably a fourth. My number could be off. I'm going to read it slowly. After six days, y'all remember the scripture that says, don't be ignorant of this one thing because one day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. That's a very strange scripture because the Bible tells you don't be ignorant of this. That one day is what a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. How many know if the Bible says you're not supposed to be ignorant, you're not supposed to be ignorant of that thing because that thing ties into a bunch of other things. So you could read it this way. After 6,000 years of human history, Jesus take it, takes those disciples that are close to him and leadeth them up into heaven, which is a high mountain apart, by themselves away from the planet. And he was transfigured before them. That's why the Bible says when you go to heaven, you will see Jesus as he is. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto him Elias, Elias, which rep, just so you know, Elijah always represents the church. That's why he was caught up alive and did not die. Moses always represents the Old Testament saints who had to die out in order to get there. And so Jesus takes the disciples that are close to him, like she just said, close to him, takes them up to heaven. And they are there having a conversation with the Old Testament saints and the new ones. And Jesus, they see him as he really is. OK, so that's the second level. Acts 10, 9 through 19. This is the other Level of three, I just threw a couple in just for a refresher. Acts 10, 9 through 19. The next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon. And he was hungry. Here you have an example of a man who was not fasting. He was waiting to eat and still had a vision. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open. Something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. This is the Lord giving him a vision saying, that when I told you not to eat certain foods, people get caught up in all of these foods that you can't eat in the Old Testament. That's not because lobster is a scavenger at the bottom of the sea. When God told them not to eat certain foods, it was symbolic concerning people. Now, if you don't want to eat certain foods, that's on you. I'm going to eat whatever I want because the scripture is clear. I mean, that to be rude, I'm just saying. I mean, people have different diets for certain. I mean, I am even more moving to more of a vegetarian diet, but it's not because I don't like meat. Because I want to walk in power. Okay. And so. Let me get back to the point. So in the sheets. In the sheet were all sorts of animals. Reptiles and birds. 
Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. So for y'all that here was Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night's teaching and last week's Wednesday night teaching, I taught two messages on the power of three and how, how, um, uh, that is the, God, the number that God represents himself with more than any other number. It's three first, then it's seven, then you get around, you know, five, the number of grace, 40, the number of probation, different things like that. You have a whole book of the Bible called Numbers that most of our Christ doesn't really know anything. So we're tapping into those things. So, but the point that I want to make, you have God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit, three. You have nine gifts of the Spirit, three sets of three. You have nine fruits of the Spirit, three sets of three. We are a tripart being. You are a spirit, you live in a body, and you possess a soul, three. We are the third planet from the sun. That's why I would explain why we're the third planet from the sun, okay? How many of you know that we are, a lot of us, we wake up at three o'clock in the morning. That's a very, very powerful and mysterious number in the kingdom of God. And so many a times, God, when you see this throughout the Bible, is it, it is absolutely scary to see how God used that number in every book of the Bible. I just did a lot, a little small brushstroke in regards to the revelation in that regards. So I said all that to say that that's what is so powerful about doing a three-day fast with no food. That's what's so powerful about it. It's because when all you see, you see all of these scriptures in the Bible, the manifestation came after three days or on the third day. The understanding came. The end of a thing came. The revelation came. The answer came. The vision came. You know, whatever it else. It was someone was sharing with me that um, uh, when they were dating someone, they did a three-day fast with no food, um, seeking the Lord. And on a third day, the Lord told him, oh, yes, that's your wife. Okay. Um, I'm going to have Eric. Matter of fact, Eric, you can come on up and share. Eric shared something with me yesterday that I thought was extremely powerful. Don't make her come up if she don't want to. You know, it's, you coming. No, I shouldn't have helped you out, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so these are things that are open up. Many people are calling us because they have been patterns. You want to stay down here? You want to come up? Okay. There are a lot of patterns. And because now you are not to be led by numbers. You are led by the word first. Then the second way you are led is through peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart that word peace means being umpire let that peace determine if this is safe or if this is out okay um but numbers help confirm if you are making the right decision when you are in the will of god when you're in the right season god will use a numbering system to determine and help you understand how many know we like confirmations god is not trying to keep you in the dark we just have lack of understanding about how he keeps us in the light okay and so he shared with me, I just thought it was so powerful. Good morning. So I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. So at the um, beginning of the fast, I was asking um, my wife, you know, what, you know, we were talking about what we were, what answers we were seeking. 
uh, what answers we were seeking. And so she um, said she was seeking answers about why her healing hasn't fully manifested. So in the beginning of the fast, um, the Lord told me to tell her to talk to Lisa. And so after the first message on three, uh, Rhonda went to um, ask Lisa, you know what, so what's going on about my um, healing? And Lisa told her, well, you just got your answer, you know, tonight in a nutshell. And so um, right before church, uh, my wife was on this medication, um, prednisone, it's a steroid. And um, she had ran out of the medication and the pharmacy had said it was denied. You had to, you know, talk to your doctor. And so um, they gave her some, some pills to get her through until she talked to the doctor. So when we got home after church Wednesday, I said, so, so are you going to do, um, you know, the three-day fast with no food? She's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out what she's going to do. I said, well, how many pills did they give you? Um, she said three. And so I said, um, well, I think, you know, if it were me, I would go ahead and do a three-day fast with, you know, with no food. And so um, after the three-day fast... Um, she had, um, she didn't say anything to me. And so the Lord kind of put on my heart. I said, Hey, do you think that you should, um, try to stop taking the medication, you know, for three days? And she said later on after everything, she said, the Lord had already been dealing with her about that, but she wasn't going to tell me. So, <laughs> and so anyway, so Wednesday I said, okay, well, we're going to do this. I'm going to support you. Let's do this. And earlier on, Otha was talking about the power of, you know, taking communion. So we had ordered our communion stuff. And I said, well, we're going to do a three-day fast. And communion is going to be, you know, you know, in place of the medication. We're going to believe God. And so that Wednesday, you know, we both went to work. And so she um, said, I can't, I can't, I'm not making it. Like her body started, like, going haywire. So I told my job, I got to go. So she, so she left work. We got home and. You know, and on my way on my way to my car, I said, if anybody saw me outside work, they probably think he is crazy. Because I kept saying, That's a lie. That's a lie. Her body doesn't have to go through withdrawals. That is a lie. And so we um so we got home and and so she was, you know, she was, you know, crying. I said, Go ahead and cry, but cry the word. Speak the word. Cry. Speak the word. And you know, we was going in. So now by this time, we're sitting there, and it just seemed like nothing's moving. So I'm like, well, Lord, what, what's going on? You know, because we're taught, you know, ask God, he'll tell you. And so the Lord began to deal with us. If you believe that you're healed, begin to praise God. So then we just started praising. I went and got the kids. Come on, let's go. Let's praise God. So we, 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 in, we in the apartment. We're going in. We're going in. And I'm telling, you know, I'm telling Rhonda, come on, move, move, lift them legs. Let's go. Let's, let's believe God. And so what the Lord started, a lot of times the Lord deals with me, he'll bring up a past event to show me what I need to do. So some of you all remember, some of you do not know, but a few years ago, Rhonda was um, demonically oppressed really bad. And during that time frame, she didn't take any medicine. So the Lord said, if the demonic can hold her body together, how much more can the Holy Spirit hold her body together? And so, I, you know, I told her that, I said... I said, God can do it. You know, and then during that time frame, um, 
years ago, she started having seizures and eyes rolling back her head and people telling me, take her to the hospital, people telling me she's mentally insane. And I had to believe God to know that she's going to live. And you know, you, you know what I heard a, a script, um, preacher say, if you're afraid, just do it afraid. Trust God. And so I said, and I reminded her of that, said, we're just going to trust God. And she kept saying, I know that I have to press through this pain because there's something on the other side of this. If I can just get to the other side of the pain. And so, um, and so she, you know, she's got a little bit better. So the second day, um, we, you know, we, the Lord told us to do a praise, praise session three days. So the second day we was praising. So my son came to her and began to prophesy. He said, Mommy, if you want to walk, walk. So that means so she got up, started walking. And so then by the third day, because um, she was saying, well, I don't because she didn't have enough time to take off work. Then we ain't going to worry about money. We're just going to take off. And we, we shut in the house. We, we play healing scriptures. We play um, healing sermons. We just, we just continue to just eat the word and um, take communion and trust God. And so by the third day, um, when the kids came out from school, I was like, well, mommy, you know, go ahead and, you know, tell them what, what is new. Um, and before I share that, so the Lord began to show me the scripture about um, when Jesus cleansed the lepers, the 10 lepers, and he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they got healed. And the Lord began to tell me that as she goes for these next seven days, she's going to begin to notice things that's going to change in her body. And so she, you know, one day she was in the bathroom. I heard her go, mm. I said, what happened? She said, I just got up off the toilet. <laughs> you should have came up here. Yeah. <laughs> She, she, you know, she just got up, you know, and uh, we had a joke in the house, you know, because she'd do this, and Brianna go, lift off, you know, because, <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> oh, blast off, sorry, <laughs> blast off, and, um, and so she began to show the family, she said, I can just get up, and then she could start walking, and she's actually, you know, bending her knees when she walked, and it's just, and so I was telling my children about the, I was kind of giving them an overview of the message about three. So then my daughter said, wait a minute, is this the third time that we didn't move back to Georgia? You know, and then to tie all that together, this was the third attempt that she tried to come off the medication within a six-year time frame. <laughs> and she'd been taking it for 12 years. And so um, I just. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're minor. We're. Pardon microphone. I'm laughing because when, when, Marlon get, when Marlon is blown away, he just said they're like. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. And so, so last night I said, I got a text Otha. So and I'm like, I'm trying to condense everything in a, little, in a text. And so I sent it to him. And so then he called and he was like, well, you got to share it um, in service. And then I read told him when we first moved here and joined Lionheart, you know how many know we've gotten a lot of bad teaching over the years? And so he was talking about the power of confession. And so we were, we were really in need of some money. So I said, I'm going to believe God for $500. I got my scriptures and I began to confess, confess like I would go on my break, my lunch, confess, confess. On the second day, I was in the shower and it was like, I got it. I'm just waiting for it to come. The third day, Otha called me. He said, hey, man. 
I believe the Lord told me to give you $500. And I was like, it was very interesting that he was the one. Because, you know, you don't trust preachers. You know, <laughs> you know and, and even though I've known him, you know, half my life, but it's still now I know him as a pastor. You know, and so it was like how God used that to kind of begin to show me that um, you're in the right place. Amen. That's some powerful stuff. Hallelujah. So these are the things that the body of Christ as a whole is missing out on when you don't empower people. When you have to, you, you know, how many, how many know that, you know, some of you, some of y'all came here ready, but a lot of you came here and you're, uh, you were not comfortable trusting your ability to hear from God. And what's amazing through all of this is that if you look at the story carefully, the Lord was not looking for a reason for them not to get the healing. But they had to have some understanding and how he was able to walk them through that by showing him certain things from the past. And then that was a killer right there when 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 well, when that demon was on the inside of your wife's body, she wasn't on the medication that shows you this stuff is spiritual. Hey, and, and, and that demon could hold her body in check. So how are you going to sit up here and say that I can't do it? <laughs> that right there would have killed me. I'm like, oh. Jesus, I mean, oh, the man Jesus is smooth, but he knows exactly what you need. See, this is the key, what you need to hear. See, I preach these things over the pulpit in a general sense. You then have to take it, and then the Lord will give you a higher word than what I preach to you, or a more specific word. The same way that Oyedipo preached about them doing a three-day fast. I didn't hear any of the revelation that I shared with y'all on the number three come out of that ministry. Not one revelation about why they did it in three days. Only scripture you would ever put out is after two days, I will revive you. And the third day I will, you will live in my sight. That was the only one he mentioned. I went to God and asked a question. What's up with this three day principle? And the Lord opened up this whole window in the Bible. And then you get this experience. That's why revelation has to be built upon. So that's just one of testimonies that are coming in. And, uh, and that was, I thought that was so amazing how he wanted to test what I taught to see if it was true. And, and then on the third day, the Lord spoke to me. I don't even remember that. Okay. You should remember things like that when you give somebody $500, but you know, the Bible says that when you give, it says, let it go. You know, I don't loan money anyway. So, but, so this is why it's so important. Uh, now. If that has not been your exact experience, let me say something. Things have manifested because, watch this, sometimes you may not get the full manifestation after three days of fasting with no food. A lot of people didn't even do that, and that's okay. But what happens is, as we do a corporate fast, then the Lord reveals to those that are in unity. Remember what he said, where unity is, I command the blessing. And sometimes that blessing that is commanded is revelation on how to get to that blessing. See, and because... Because uh, uh, you had never done a three-day fast before without food. He, like me, he loves food too much. Okay, my wife told me, she said, a couple days ago, she said, I am impressed by you. Because she said, you, I mean, that's what my wife told me, like two or three days ago. She's like, man, I am impressed with you. She says, because, I mean, because I would do stuff. A couple of times I went downstairs, she had made some vegetable spaghetti for the kids. And I would go over there and I would lift the lid and just be like, ah. And this just blew her mind that it went 
you know, from a sniff to a gobble. Because typically, if I go down there and lift anything, it's over. And so, uh, you know, and I, I remember I told you when they all left the house, Satan got me, almost got me early on. He said, just go down there and smell the food. I wasn't prepared for that because the Lord showed me the cookie monster, and that's what I would be doing. Okay. So, so now let me say this because I'm going to go ahead and close this. And that is, I have laid out by the Holy Spirit a wonderful blueprint for you to walk up. Okay. The main reason why people fail is because of broken focus. Some, when you get focused, the enemy is going to come. Some device, some person, some opportunity, free tickets to a basketball game. I mean, someone even bless you with a vacation. These are all things to break your focus because in the spiritual realm, whatever you focus on immediately starts running at you. And it does not take long. But most people, they don't maintain their focus after the first day they start focusing. And so, so there are several things here. Number one, so let me read these last three scriptures. And Jonathan actually tapped into it earlier when he mentioned it. Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Don't worry about these things, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need when you need it. First Chronicles 16.1. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. So this is not the time for you to go on vacation spiritually. Okay, this three-day fast has brought about some stuff. Guess what? You can take your little break if you want to this weekend, and by Monday morning, you should be jumping back in again. I'm going to show you how to do that. Okay? Search for the Lord and his strength. Some people know the Lord. You see this in more denominational churches. Some people know the Lord, but they are unfamiliar with his power. They don't know anything about praying in tongues. You know, the three ladies that you saw prophesying, they don't know anything about prophecy and gifts of the spirit and word of knowledge, the ability to see in the spiritual realm, dreams and visions. They know the Lord, but they are unfamiliar with his power. Then there are some individuals, particularly in Pentecostal circles, that they're familiar with the power, but they don't know the Lord. Remember what Jesus said? He said, get away from me. And it was like, hey, dude, we were casting out demons in your name. We were doing many wonderful works and miracles in your name. And he will say, yeah, you learn how to tap into the power, but I don't even know who you are. Can you imagine somebody getting somebody healed and they don't even know Jesus? That's crazy. Okay. Now, let me say this, because that scripture scares a lot of people. Oh, man, how can, how can I know if I'm right? By the last verse, he said, depart from me, ye that practice sin like a lifestyle. That was the, that's the category of the people. Not just people, oh, I'm walking in power. Do I know Jesus? Yeah, the fact that you ask the question is you do, okay? But, but it's not just him, oh, it's hard for anybody to do anything. No, the light, you have to look at the whole verse, look at every word. One word can change the entire meaning of a verse. He said, you all that work sin or do iniquity, that term in the Greek, it means to sin as though you are getting paid on a nine-to-five job. And that's a lot of people in these right here. I don't understand. It is only the grace of God that does not kill you when you are right. That experience, I just had a sunken eye. I, I mean, it shook me for a second. It was so strong. I had to gather my bearings. <clears throat> Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you shall find. 
These are not ifs. You might. These are guarantees from God. That's why the main reason we don't receive is because of broken focus. That pain in her body was broken focus. Something coming to break. And that's why she had the wisdom and the grace. She was empowered. The fasting is what helped empower her to say, I think this time I can get to the other side. Because to the degree that you let food go is the degree that your spirit now gives you the ability to overcome. It's a war. Okay? Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Okay. Now, it's not just asking. He said you got to be focused. Because he showed you how to be focused. Seek, ask, and knock. And that's what's so powerful. I never understood. I mean, I didn't get these revelations when I was a pastor. I knew this stuff when I was an usher 20 years ago. I never understood why you couldn't ask preachers a question or you couldn't ask God a question. That was the stupidest thing to me in the world. My kids ask me questions all the time, Reggie, all the time. And what do you do? You just answer the question, answer the question, answer the question. And so that one scripture, well, if we do this, then why would God not want to answer our questions when it's his will for us to walk in dominion? I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And the man was crucified on the cross and went to hell so that we could live for him forever. They up there building us stuff that we didn't even ask for. They gave us a joint inheritance for him to live. And they don't want to ask no questions. Answer no question. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so that 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 really bothered me. So. We have we have laid out a small blueprint, a blueprint that can allow that will help you begin to walk in perpetual increase. OK, so that is number one. Seek the Lord at all times. Have a lifestyle of seeking God. OK, and so what you do is um, right now, the on the front of the website, there's a the first graphic says 21 day fast um, over the next couple of days. That graphic will it will now say covenant prayers for spiritual growth. And what when I taught on all of those uh, scriptural prayers that you can pray, um, I actually wrote them out with the scripture reference how you should pray them. It's the Colossians prayers, the Ephesians prayers, the Philippian prayers, the wisdom prayer. Um, Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me. That's the excellent prayer during fasting. Call unto me and I'll show you the stuff that you can't see. Okay? And if, if you just pray those prayers as a lifestyle every day, even if you don't pray in tongues yet, if you just because all of those are praying the word perfectly and it, it's a full spectrum. So there'll be one set. Okay. Over the next couple of days, they'll be there. So because we said where you can download it or you can copy and paste. So there'll be the first set will be the prayers. Fill me with the knowledge of your will. Give me wisdom. Give me light. All of those perfect prayers. As you pray that over yourself every single day, it's like working out at the gym every single day. If you just stay consistent, the, felt, the fat begins to melt off and, and, the, and the light will begin to come. It is regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you're going through. If you keep praying those prayers, God will just be taking you up slowly but surely. And then out the clear blue. Boom, you'll realize something. Out the clear blue, you'll get a destiny point. At the clear blue, you'll get a manifestation. Just keep praying those prayers. Then you pray those prayers, you switch over. When you pray all of the stuff in English, then you switch over into praying in other tongues because the Bible says you're praying perfectly, you're praying mysteries, you make the manifestation come quicker, and you build yourself up. First set are those prayers over yourself. The second set 
are prayers for evangelism. Everything that the kingdom of God needs to work with us in order to bring fresh souls into our churches. And then the third set that I will put up probably by the end of the next week will be prayers that you pray over yourself when it comes to the word, when it comes to prosperity, when it comes to healing and when it comes to protection. Those three sets will cover every single area of your life. If you just pray those over yourself on a regular basis or every day and you pray them over the same thing. Oh, how I many know you go to the gym, you got this 10 pound weight. It's the same thing over and over again. And as long as you keep on doing it, the muscle gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You pray those same prayers over and over again every single day. And it begins to increase you more and more, take you from glory to glory. Okay. And bring more light into your life. Now, if you do that, then in certain seasons, add a three-day fast to it. You'll become one of the most intelligent, spirit-led people in the planet. Okay? Because you're praying about the stuff you know, and then from time to time, you go into a three-day fast with no food to ask God to reveal you the unknown. So I'm trying to figure out here, it depends on how I feel after tomorrow, because I'm thinking about it. Normally, y'all know I'm not sharing this for the purpose of, you know, showing off or anything, because y'all know I was the main. Y'all, the worst scenario I had with fasting is when I was on the prayer call during the fast with a slice of pizza in my mouth. You ever do something so crazy and, and you don't know you're doing it? And then, you, you know, somebody says something on the prayer call and I was like, yes. <laughs> Fool, what is wrong with you? Satan got you. He got you. He got you. Okay. So if you, if you do those things. And so our next fast will be March I think third, that, that first week in March, we're going to do a seven-day fast, and it'll be seven days of fasting. I'm not getting caught up in the exact 24 hours, because even though the song says Jesus was in the grave for three days, that's not quite true. He was in the grave over a three-day period. He went in the grave in the evening of Friday, was there all day Saturday, and got up Sunday morning. So he wasn't in the grave or in hell for three consecutive 24 hours. He was there over a three-day period. Y'all got me? So we may say seven days of fasting, but we just dedicated these seven days. And, you know, so it'll be the first three days with, with the six. We'll focus on the first. Well, like say if we started on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Will be you just tailor making your diet back and off from meat, sweets and bread. And then Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, you will then practice the no food part. OK. And so what helps you is the whole revelation about what's on the other side of three. I did, I can't remember if I did two or three day uh, no food fast during the 21 days, but I was getting a lot of manifestation and it came really weird. I mean, the book that I showed you, that came about as a result of fasting because at the end of the teaching session in Nigeria, the man ends his sermon by walking on the floor right up to me and telling me a story and it's the same story that happened to me and then he says, it's in this book such, such, such. That book saved my life in the future. That book will prevent me from making many tons of mistakes in the future. Because there are some decisions you can make, you know, and, and you, I mean, you know, you can wreck yourself. Okay? You get that. You thought that job was the Lord. You got on that job and like Satan got me again. Thought that person was the Lord. Oh, Lord. Okay? Thought it was Boaz, but this is Bozo. Okay. So, so, so those are the things. It, it's, a, it's really, really simple, you all. Praying those prayers over yourself every single day. Then there should be another document. 
And these are all of the itty bitty or big questions that you need God to answer. And whether you're fasting or not, you go over those questions. As they get answered, do a check. And then as more questions come, write them down. It's a perpetual way of God just revealing to you and being your number one supporter. And you keep praying, Father, I thank you. And these are the questions that I have. I thank you that you are going to reveal to me the answer to this question. What do I do? When do we go? What date do I do this? Is this the right color? I Watch this. This is a good one. Lord, I don't know what to do. I need you to show me what to do. This is very, y'all, how many know? There are a lot of great counselors in the planet in many different areas. But how many know there is no counselor like the one who said the darkness and the light is the same to me? There is no counselor like the one who says, I know the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. There is no one that can counsel you like God who says, I can read your mind. I can see everything in your heart. And I know the decisions that you're going to make for the rest of the week. Why would you not check in with that individual more than you will your husband, your wife, your parents, your counselor, your supervisor, your, your girlfriend at work, one of your homeboys that you watch sports with? Why would you consult them first and consult God last? And we've created a pattern by which we consult everything else. And then when it doesn't work, we go to God in desperation. And then half the time he still delivers us. Okay. So you need to practice that, you know, and. And the Lord is going to bless you. So I'm glad we made this through. I don't know if I'm going to do. I'm thinking about doing a. Uh, I'm think. I'm thinking. You know how many. I know how you get just get excited and you jump out there and kill yourself. So I'm trying not to do that because I was like I'm thinking about doing a three day fast every single week Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday. Um, you know the the one of the men who pastors one of the greatest ministries. You got Oyedipo and it's this other guy named Pastor Enoch. Them guy, Pastor Enoch is the guy, you'll, you'll know him, he's very tall, he always wears a bow tie, and every time he comes in the pulpit, he always kneels first, right next to the podium. And those two dudes lock in Nigeria, damn, and he said that he can't even remember, he said, I can count the number of days last year that I ate food. Okay, now let me say something to make this very, very clear. Don't get in condemnation because you can't seem to do what somebody else can do right now. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. If you have never fasted a day in your life and you can manage to get through one 24-hour period without food, you have done a miracle in your life. Y'all know what I'm saying? So, 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 and that's the wonderful thing about the kingdom of God is that some of us move faster, some of us move slower, some of us can do more, some of us can do less, but the Bible says every joint supplies. So it doesn't matter if you only did one day. That one day you did, add it to the power source. I love what the Bible says when it talks about, you know, food and, and veg scripture talks about the vegetarian and the meat eater. It says the vegetarian, it says they have refrained from meat because they believe they're doing it in order to honor God. It says the meat eater eats meat because they know what God said in his word. It says the vegetarian is weaker in faith and they're only doing it for that reason. It says they are weaker in faith, but it says don't let the vegetarian judge the meat eater and don't let the meat eater look down on the vegetarian. In other words, mind your own doggone business. Because both of you are try trying to please the Lord. This ain't a competition to see who can be the most deep. Y'all know what I'm saying? This is us trying to work together as one unit in order to accomplish the will of God. 
you know. So we got to be that standard to be able to do that because, y'all, there are so many people that are disconnected. They are looking and they just, that scripture in Amos, it will come to pass in the last days that there will be a famine for truth. And it says men will go back and forth looking for it and won't be able to find it. And it says even the young people who have strength, it says they will grow tired because there is no food in the land. And we're watching that. Okay, but how many you know when you serve the food, guess where everybody comes? Okay, but when they come, the Lord wants us to take them higher, not demote them. Ain't nothing worse than church hurt. And it's out there like a river. Okay, so I'm encouraging you to practice those things and do those things. So let's go ahead and stand. Yo. Um, I'm so grateful. Today is my birthday, and I, I was sitting here thanking God and Miss Carla, too. Carla birthday today, too. But I was just sitting here thanking God. And all I could think about, and I want to say so much to y'all. I don't know, and y'all probably feel like I feel, but I want to say I thank God for y'all. I thank God for lying heart. I thank God for putting us all in a place where we can get true word. I mean, how you breaking things down for us, making it easy for us to understand. Because half of us come from places that was mistreated, abused spiritually. Nobody taught us, so we were just winging. And I know for me, God showed me a lot of stuff just by spending time with him. And I was still below low level to me but since I've been here oh my god I never thought I would be in this place and I just want to say thank y'all thank y'all for being transparent thank y'all for keeping it real with us and most of all thank y'all for loving us and walking in the will of God I don't care how hard it get for y'all but we need y'all we y'all because it's so hard it's so hard battling I don't even think me being called to the office of a prophet I never knew how hard it would be but if I didn't have y'all I would have been walked away I would have been left but I thank God so much for what y'all do for us I do I do I do and I just want y'all to know that I'm so grateful and that I love y'all. I really do. Amen. I want to express the same thing as well. Happy birthday to your sister. It's our birthday. Got a few birthdays. I think it's Nisi's birthday too, isn't it? Amen. It's not your birthday? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Carla's birthday. Someone told me it was Amen. their birthday. Yes. So, Pastor, I just want to thank you guys. I was just thinking this morning, I said, I don't know where me and Garnett would be right now if we didn't find Lionheart Church seven years ago. Where our marriage would have been, I know we wouldn't have a marriage. I know we would be somewhere I would be out there somewhere but I just thank God he didn't let me die before Lionheart that door was open 
And I thank God that he used the way he uses, you know, the way he crossed our path, you know, the, just the strategies that he uses, you know, to be in that same church and, you know, always running after pastor. When I saw him in the hallway in our previous church, always, you know, connected. I didn't know why I was so connected to him because I know he was different. And so we just thank God that the way he did it, you know, it wasn't for just that church, but he, for eternity. The enemy came after us when we, that January after that the church was open, we become a member. And he tried to get us out like about a year later with offense and with all kind of things, criticism and all things that he threw after us. So we can be out of God's will that we would enjoy the things that God has we've been enjoying being a member connected to this body and so I thank God that his grace was oh and Pastor Turnbull came after us I mean he battled on our behalf he came to our house he came to our house and the Lord showed me he says it wasn't Pastor Turnbull that came to your living room it was me that came after you and he just showed me that a few days ago he says it was me came to your living room came after you that you and Garnet would make the mistake that others been making and I know this body I'm connected for life for life now if Pastor Turner Barcelona did something do something different that I know I will be disconnected but I know it won't happen though <laughs> it she won't put happen. that disclaimer out here. Now, don't act a fool, Pastor. You know, don't. I'm, I am here I for life. Hey. And nothing, I said, nothing, me and God, said, we're nothing going to disconnect us from this body. If that's where God put us, He says, He gave me a dream. He says, I'm coming back. And I'm coming back for you to be right here. And we're not going anywhere. No matter what the enemy does, those things you have to, you have to use. You have to, to, to settle those things in your heart and tell the enemy, I will not be moved. I don't care what happened. You will not move me. But when he knows in your heart those things are not settled, you're always ready to fly. You're always like a butterfly. You're always in different leaves and sucking you and sucking there. And he knows he can move you. He will. He will come. But when he knows he can't, whatever comes, he knows he will, you will not be moved. And I am here, me and Garnet, until, you see, I'm getting gray, until I'm white. <laughs> and until I go back home where I belong. Because I will not let them, them, Pastor Turnbull, Pastor Lorana, I will not let them move me. Means I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be moved by them and any of y'all. <laughs> So whatever it is, we're going to stick it together. And we're going to move and see God face to face. So I just wanted to thank you guys. Thank you, Pastor Turnbull. Because I see your, the grace in your house, in my house. I see it. I see it in your marriage. I see it in my marriage. I see the, the, the connection we have. It's what God wants. And I thank God that you guys are doing it in your closet. Whatever is in your closet is going to be in all of us closets. If we do what we we do our part so I thank you for obedience 
thank you that you were where you were, where I met you guys. Thank you for what you do in your closet. Thank you for what you do. You're carrying us up. And the way we're not, like Paul says, the way we're not going to let them down is by doing our part. We do our part. We don't have to do what they do, but we can do our part. We're not going to let down like that. We don't have to flash and always telling or flattering them. Just do our part and the fruit will show. Amen. Amen. 44 years old. Yes, thank you for those kind words. Let me get friends here. Y'all can go ahead and pass out the communion while there. I remember coming here um, long, long before all of this was even the way it looks now. And um, Pastor Olta was standing right there. I was sitting right over there. The seats, none of this stuff was here. And um, years later, we were at the same place at the same time. And uh, he and I had several conversations. And uh, he said, I know I said to him, I said, well, you know, I believe the Lord is really pulling me to start a ministry. And he and I, we had so many communications going back and forth and then we started having lunch over and over and over again and um, been to different churches before and when you when God has given you something to do you have to be careful who you trust because what he calls you to carry it's not easy you pray and you pray you ask God to send you people that you can trust, that will love you, and that will give you the truth. And He's always giving me the truth. Tomorrow, our church will be in existence for a year. And every prophecy has taken place. He would tell me. He would tell me things. And I would pray. He would pray for me. There were several times I would drive. And the enemy would be like, just close the door to that place. You, you know you're not worthy. You know that's what you shouldn't be doing. You know that there's so many lives that have been saved so many people has salvations have come since we've been there every prophecy has happened and he would tell me he would pray with me he would tell me the truth 
And one thing I love about him, he had no problems correcting me. And I love him for correcting me. And he would correct me and then he would pray for me. And he would tell me everything's going to be all right. So he would tell me things that would happen. And all of it took place. There were times I was like, God, this is your church. You have to provide. And I'll go and look and provision already to take place. I would go and I would say, God, this is what you have to do because I'm tired. God would take care of everything. And everything he would say to me, every time he would pray for me, every word she would give, it would come to pass. And I had to keep on trusting and trusting and trusting. And now, the enemy has been rebuked so many times that I don't even think about him. And I want to thank you all the times that you've talked to me. All the times I felt like saying, no, I can't do this no more. All the time that my wife and I just talked to each other. And I felt like I was losing my family. Because I had to choose between just saying I can't do this right now and saying I got to stay with God. I got to stay with God. Regardless of what, I got to stay with God. I got to keep praying. I got to keep persevering. I got to keep praying. And God will show himself and reveal himself like none other. So if you are thinking about anything you should just throw away, don't throw in the towel. God will make provision for you every day. He will see you through every tough situation. He will continue to press everything forward. Do not lose faith. Do not lose hope. And do not stop loving. And so many salvations have come through Revive Church. So many young people have been saved. Doors have flown wide open for us to do things. But if I had given up, so much would have just been lost. So I thank you. I thank you. I thank all of you for praying for us. Because God has shown himself to us. And we're moving forth in even greater victory to dominate. Even greater victory to dominate. And I just want to say this one thing. Do not refuse correction. Correction is good. Correction is good. When he corrects me, I love him even more. Because he, every time he does it, it shows what God is doing in my life. It shows what God is saying to me. God not only can speak to you in bliss and show you favor, but he can speak to you in correction. And you got to love correction. So thank you so much for being with me. Because I... God has utilized you to help me so much. And I thank you, and I thank you. And God bless you all. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> thank you for uh, sharing those kind words. You know, 
all a minister is is a slave and uh, some have made themselves kings before their time and uh, and all kings have subjects and so they turn the congregation member into subjects instead of uh, you know recognizing that the greatest amongst you is that is one who serves you know and you know we make it seem a little easy and I have to be honest with you it's not even that hard we're graced to do it you know and uh, I remember <laughs> I remember the first time that he approached me we were at this event like he mentioned there's a group of us talking and he talked he asked myself a question me and another pastor he said man I'm thinking about opening up what was the name of the church you were thinking about ordering you didn't even remember yeah he said man the Lord has called me to open up a church and you know the name of it, name of name of it is 316 church and so uh, you know, I was like cool and he he said he said what do you think about that and so my other friend looked at me because he knew and, uh, and I said well the fact that you asked me means you didn't hear from God because when you hear from God, you'll never ask a man's opinion about something that God told you. You'll just do it. Because when God speaks, the force of the entire kingdom of God's throne is behind you. And so that's how it started. You know, I just simply shared with him. I said, hey, if God called you to do a thing, it's real stupid for him to not give you the name. And I think that first service you came to, and he sat right there. And as he was worshiping, the Lord gave him and said, the name of the church is Revive Church. And as a lesson to know that what is for you is for you. That's why I'm not worried about future buildings. Whatever building I'm supposed to have is going to sit right there until it's time for us to move into it. Because Revive, Revive Church seems like a name that would be a very popular name. And there are a lot of other Revive Churches around the nation. Yet the domain for it was available. Because just because somebody else called their church Revive Church doesn't mean that that's the name. See, and so, so, and, 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 and we're not faulting men for that. I mean, men do the best they can until we get greater understanding. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So if that's the case, why is it so hard? It's because nobody has that. We're, we're, we're putting, remember Jesus told those guys, he said, he said, y'all putting burdens on the people that y'all won't even carry. They said, you won't go into the kingdom and the ones that want to go in underneath you, you won't allow them to go in to the place that you refuse to go in. If you don't want to go, at least let me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, you know, that's the effect of doing it correctly, you know, and um, that's the only thing, you know, that uh, helps us is, uh, you know, knowing that we're doing it correctly. I'm not really interested in anything else. I don't care about being a pastor. I don't care about the titles. I don't care about none of that. We just care about because I will have to stand before the Lord and I still don't get it. I don't understand what is so difficult, difficult about treating people the way that Jesus would treat, treat them. I don't understand what's, what's so difficult about that. Jesus didn't even talk down to the woman that was caught in adultery. Y'all know what I'm saying? So, so I just thank you for that. Thank you for that. You know, my wife and I definitely appreciate it. You know, um, um, it's work, you know, but it's easy when you do it the Lord's way. 
you know, and again, for seven years, the Lord had to take seven years to get us to this point to reverse all of these wrong thinking. And I knew it was wrong when I was in it, but you can't get free of it until you completely disconnect from it. And there are things that are coming in the future that the majority of the body of Christ is just not ready for. And, uh, and people will come from y'all. People will come from around the world just to come get in this service one time. So I'm really grateful for that. That has to be protected. The higher you go, the more humble you have to become. The bigger it gets, the more you have to spend time with God. The more people come, the more you have to question God about, am I doing it correctly? And I'm doing that more now than even when I first started. Go. And so, you know, right before we take communion, I just, I think I have this dream correct. I just think it's the coolest dream in the world. How Francia and Garnett got here. I hope I don't mess it up. I think I got it correctly. But I believe that Francia had a dream before we opened up the church. And, uh, and she was in a, a beautiful, I think, wheat field or something. And, and there was a lion in the distance. And the lion spoke to her and said, did he say, follow me? The lion said, follow me. There are some dreams that you have and, and you have to hold it because something will happen to confirm the dream. And so she had the dream and in the dream, and she said, in the dream, you know, how many know, in real life, you're not, you're, uh, you're not comfortable in the presence of a sleeping lion, let alone one that's awake. And if he does start talking, you're like, oh, this is a trick. This might not even be a real lion. This might be Lucifer's lion. Y'all know what I'm saying? But she said she felt so at peace in the dream and said, follow me. And, um, and I think that was pretty much it. And then I don't know how many months it was later, we opened up the church. And when we opened up the church, we opened it up on Facebook and we put a big picture of the lion and it was the same line in her dream. And so there was the Lord just giving hints that this is going to be the place that you and your husband are supposed to be to go. go. So, you know, it, it's amazing. And so, you know, when I had the team meeting in the back for a service with Kevin Marchez, Stevan, I was saying that, I'll, I'll say this last thing, and that is leaders don't understand that we own nothing our joint inheritance is with christ on the other side we don't even know how big that is you own nothing the ministry is not ours it is the lord's ministry and he draws people to what he has started for them to help build what he is doing okay i am just simply the messenger boy and the lord asked me to just simply navigate the ship you know, and so, and that's why we have people in many different functions of the ministry, and we don't try to micromanage them. You know, we let them roll. Francia and, and Garnett, we just check in with them from time to time. You know, that people have to be allowed to develop what the Lord called them here to do. Okay, so it's that. So it's, it's, it's really, really wonderful. I'm really, really grateful. It's terrible when you do it wrong. It's absolutely wonderful when you do it right, because people get free. And I like you heard me say before. I'm sure that the Lord will have to chastise me about many things. Hey, you didn't do this, you didn't, and I'm trying to get to the point where he won't. One thing the Lord will not chastise me about is how I treated people. That will not happen. Because that's the most important thing. We run roughshod over the very people that we're supposed to bring to Jesus. I, I don't get it. I mean, imagine, I mean, can you imagine how God looks at this? All of the things that he has done and said over his people. What he has made you, kings, sons, and priests, and morning conquerors, and lords, and gods, and ambassadors, and 
you're ruling with reigning with me. I was reading Revelation and Jesus said, for those that overcome, I will allow them to sit in my throne. And we kick somebody off the podium if they come up here and shake your hand. <laughs> Think that the Lord is pleased with this. See, so I ruffle a lot of feathers of leaders and people that are caught up in that stuff. You know, there have been many a people that came here thinking they were going to get a platform. And, um, but they didn't like the type of, uh, do y'all know that there are leaders who have come here and you didn't even know it because we didn't say anything. The main reason why they leave is they don't like the freedom. They don't like the freedom. They don't like the freedom. Okay. They don't like the fact that I let the prophet speak freely and I sit over there and just listen. You know, last Sunday I was like, well, I might not preach today. I mean, there's been a few people that they didn't like that because, and they called me out of order because I didn't control. Okay, wonderful. Hey, say, when the Lord is with you, you don't care what nobody thinks. And the Lord is with you to the degree that you follow his will and you treat people the way he created them to. Y'all, last one. God never expected you to ever even know what sickness and disease was. Know what pain was. Know what poverty or depression or you if Adam hadn't messed up you wouldn't even know what doubt and unbelief was he then restores that through Jesus Christ and then leaders treat people and beat them up and make them feel bad I don't get that as I always say it's not for me to get so hallelujah so let's just bow our head for a moment thank you O Lord God blessed be your holy name Jesus we give you thanks and praise glory and